Welcome to episode 5 of the Anglo Omani Society podcast. Today we welcome Her Highness Saida Basma Al Said to discuss mental health in Oman. Saida Basma's passion for mental health began when she was in her teens. Until today, she holds a strong passion for change and awareness in this subject. We hope you enjoy. Her Highness Saida Basma Al Said is one of the most established psychotherapists and clinical hypnotherapists in the region. Her mental health clinic, Whispers of Serenity, was the first mental health clinic in the Sultanate of Oman, which opened 10 years ago. As well as the clinic, she also opened a mindfulness studio called Serene and launched the Not Alone Mental Health Awareness Campaign, which is supporting her ongoing effort to create awareness of the importance of mental well-being. Thank you so much, Saida Basma, for joining me today from thousands of miles away. Let's begin with the question that you are probably asked a thousand times. How did it all begin? Hi, thank you very much for this lovely podcast. And uh, I'm happy to do it. Um, and as you said, yes, that question has come up <laughs> quite a few times, but it, it's good. It's always good to share my story, which is I'll try and make it as short as I can. Because okay. it is a bit long, but um, it all started from school, actually, from high school. I've always been a person who liked um, psychology, who liked to find out about cases. I remember buying this magazine, this Arabic magazine that had um, a chapter in it that would talk always about a case. And I would find that really entertaining. I even remember I used to actually um, have my pocket money and go and buy that magazine with the sneakers and that was my entertainment. That was my weekend. So, oh, wow. so it started from a long time ago. And I was lucky that I was able to pursue it because not a lot of people are always lucky to do what they, you know, what they want. So I'm lucky in that state. So it started from there. Um, and then I went to university in Jordan, although my dad wasn't that keen on me doing that. He wanted me to do computer science, actually, in the beginning, <laughs> which I did. I did oh. computer science a bit first, but then I couldn't continue. And I was like, you know, I really would like to know to do, you know, psychology because it's something I'm passionate about. At the time, it wasn't something he was keen about because it was the 90s. And, you know, everybody was into computer science and Windows and all of that. But <laughs> alhamdulillah, uh, I did stop doing that. And I did start psychology and it just took off from there started uh, finished my course came back to oman started working sqh um, i was one of the first actually women in that field in sqh um, it was a big challenge because everybody kept on telling me nobody's gonna come and you know it's a society that's closed up and this and it, it wasn't it was on the other yeah. side actually i had a lot of clients and it was a challenge for me to even learn more and more so i started to take a lot of courses to mm -hmm. update myself, I always call it uh, the toolbox. So every time I take a course, I took a course in King's College. I took a course in Kent. Um, I also afterwards, later on, took a course in Harvard University. And I just kept on trying to upgrade myself. Because when you deal with humans, you consistently yeah. have to upgrade yourself. So that's the beginning in a quick, quick, quick version. But yeah, and it's been oh. really good since, ever since, to tell you the truth. I love it. 
Oh, I love that. That was actually going to be um my second question. Was oh. this something that you had? No, no, no. If this something you had since you were um a child and young, because sometimes, like I know when I was young, I it constantly changed what I wanted to do. Uh, but it seems like it's always been a passion right from the beginning. Yes, yes, it has. And I and I, I say I'm lucky because not always do you have a passion and you can pursue it. So yeah. I I'm lucky that I was able to. I must admit it. And because I I got that luck and that opportunity, I'm trying my best. to do as much as i can in it for everyone amazing amazing so you also have opened the first mental health clinic in oman whispers of serenity um i presume this was probably something that you always wanted to open how long have you now how long has it been open for um yeah and and how like how come you just did it now maybe or Okay so actually i wanted to do this is also one of those dreams when i graduated from my bachelor degree that was the first thing that came to mind that one day i want to open a clinic but i have mm-hmm. to first build myself so i did go to sqh as i said and then after that um i, I couldn't do two together i wasn't allowed to do two together work in sqh and right. open the clinic so anyhow in that process i did go to australia and did my masters there because i felt i needed to do have a masters to open a clinic I can't just you know um yeah. depend on my bachelor and as we all know when we graduate uh, from psych or from mental health or clinical counseling it's not that automatically you become that you have to train for years and and you know it it, oh. it takes time until you actually the amount of cases as you see and all of that so you do have it in your in your certificate but you need to go through that process so i was lucky enough to go to sqh some people who graduated with me went to education psychology some people went to different different fields so i i literally took this um the hospital side because again i was into cases into finding out you know all that kind of sherlock holmes kind of thing so yeah. the clinical counseling helped me there and um Then I opened the clinic that was after I did my masters and the clinic has been open actually for 10 years now we're going into our 10th oh, wow. year so it's actually not that new anymore <laughs> oh my god it feels so new maybe because, yes, because maybe you you got to see it recently but it's been for 10 years and and why we call it the first mental health clinic because it's the first of its kind that depends on so many different ways um on giving therapy we don't only do the typical which is mm-hmm. individual therapy we do art therapy music therapy new age therapy group and the clinic is only to do with your mind so it's like a, it's like a mind spa if you like you know something like yeah. that um we have a lot of spas i always say we have a lot of spas in oman but we don't have something for the mind spa so mind spa mm-hmm. is not only therapy it's therapy with things like art like retreats for mental health mindfulness uh one of the things we're very keen on is to have more mindfulness courses and more um get into mindfulness a bit more because it's very very needed at at, at our time and especially at our time right now so that's something we're trying to do and recently from july we opened serene so we've got serenity which mm-hmm. is where we see the clients and we apply things in serene and it's stuck okay. together both places but we, we just said let's try and and link the names together so we've called it serene at serenity 
Oh, I love that. I think why I think it's new to me is because people I'm starting to follow on social media yeah. in Oman and now understanding more about the mental health space. Or it's not that they didn't understand it before, but it's now becoming okay and yes. it's no longer a taboo subject. So it all seems so new to me in Oman because before I never had anyone speaking about it. True. Um, it depends so how, you, like, how you apply it, you know, Dina. I come to the UK... Yeah. And a lot of people are still stuck in the taboo of going to a therapist. And yeah. when we tell them what we do, first of all, they get shocked because we're from Oman. And they mm -hmm. think, oh, Oman, an Arab country, how is it okay? You know, if it's not okay here. Yeah. I'm like, because it's new and it's a new generation that's thinking about it more. And that doesn't mean that the, all the new generation believe in it, by the way. It doesn't matter how educated you are. It doesn't matter what certificates you have. We still have people who just don't believe in it. And it's okay. Yeah. It's not their thing. It's fine. But the problem we're having now is people who it's not even their field. They have nothing to do with it. And they're talking about it. So it's become the in thing in a weird way. Yeah, it's quite interesting to see the shift, actually. <laughs> yes. No, definitely. I mean, would you say that's kind of been your main obstacle? Have you had any other obstacles in raising the awareness of mental health in Oman? You know, I've been lucky... Uh, it's because I worked at SQH first that I've been yeah. actually lucky. So I honestly didn't have an obstacle. Uh, when I opened the clinic, I didn't have an obstacle because pe my clients used to tell me, when are you going to open your private clinic? And because oh, wow. I enjoy what I do, Dina, so I'm constantly thinking of new ideas, constantly. Yeah. You cannot just open something and just think it will go on for years. You have to keep on updating yourself. You have to keep on thinking, okay, what does the this generation need you know one of the things that i'm very very passionate about is our not alone awareness campaign that's been running for five years and yeah. this campaign is also different on how we apply it um to the extent that we got people from different countries trying wanting to adopt it and that's a big thing to adopt a campaign and it's one of i think it's the one of the only ones that i've heard that's been adopted outside yeah. we asked from qatar can you show us how to do it we went to qatar and now we're talking about other countries so it's only again goes back to it being different to it being mm -hmm. something like everybody was like oh maybe people won't believe in it or maybe people won't want to but i believe in one thing we can never know if we haven't tried and you'll be yeah. shocked every time we try something it actually does work it's just the way we think oh maybe it won't work because of society or maybe it won't work but have you tried it have you actually given them the option you haven't <laughs> done that so we've done that now with not alone it's amazing because we do not alone stories and people talk about their true stories of what they've gone through we have so many so many things that we've done in it but the recent one we did was young minds and it was for the youth from 10 to 22 and they would talk about what they're going through because youth like to you know when they have something they think that only their friends can help them you know yeah. and, and the problem is sometimes your friend is also not doing so well so then you're stuck together so what we did is we asked them how can we deal with it teach us grown-ups how we can approach these issues for you what do we do and and have a place to just a platform to just talk about it so we've created something called now the not alone squad and basically it's youth talking to youth uh we were just about to launch it but then this all happened all around us yeah. <laughs> but inshallah we'll find a way this is also uh, a plus you know thinking out of the box how do we do things now and that's something i i actually love i love challenges i actually find yeah. it boring when there isn't a challenge 
No, I, I completely agree with it. At least it keeps you, it keeps you on your toes. And I guess, yeah, always thinking up new ideas, which is great. And it almost sounds like you're talking about technology when we talk about people, because obviously we're constantly having to adapt with new technology. Yes. But then I guess people move like that as well. We move just, we change just as quickly. True. Um, so it's amazing how quickly you adapt. So obviously being based in the capital in Muscat, have you ever thought, and I don't know if you do things outside of Muscat in other cities or if it's actually a bigger problem outside of Muscat? Because obviously in Oman, the, the smaller cities probably have, I don't know if they have less issues with mental health or because their lives are simpler, do they have these issues? And is it something you've ever thought mm. about? No, no, we have thought about it, of course. Um, we do have from everywhere that come to the clinic, from Jazirat Musira Island, from Jabal Akhbar, from Dufar, from all around. And we did something with Not Alone called the Not Alone Convoy, where we moved from Salala to, from Musandam to Salala. Mm -hmm. We talked about mental health. We talked mm -hmm. about it in empty spaces, not all in lecture rooms or on the beach. We talked about it in universities, in women associations. So, no, we are we have covered quite a bit, actually. And we were going to do phase two recently. But then wow. again, everything happened. But we did do that. We do cater for all around Oman. Um, and, and no, there is issues all around. Uh, it's nothing to do with our city, so it's hectic more. And you'd be shocked yeah. that people in interior are more open, which is very weird, and nobody usually yeah. believes me when I say that. But they <laughs> are, maybe because we, we're not in interior, we're in Muscat. So when they come, they come to Muscat. It's not them okay. seeing someone in their own city, get it? So maybe yes. they feel it's a bit far. But other than that, honestly, I'm not going to lie. It hasn't been a taboo with people, you know, coming up. It hasn't been, oh, my God, no, we don't want to talk about it. Of course, we do have confidentiality. It's yeah. very important to us. And, of course, there is the one or two people, which, again, has got nothing to do with interior or, or Muscat. It's to do with how they are. It's nothing to do with education, again. It's how the people are and how they they feel but the taboo i have <clears throat> actually is about when we do not alone campaigns and we ask people to sponsor that is my issue they they don't seem to think it's important and that's annoying because i would uh, in the beginning i used to get very annoyed and think oh my god you know because i thought the minute i go and say you know what we're doing something for mental health people would jump and yes we'll do it you know it's for mental health yeah. and all of that it didn't happen that way. A lot of people were like, oh, we don't have now to give, you know, maybe wait for next year. And they kept on prolonging it. And it was quite frustrating because I kept on telling them, by the way, you cannot function in your jobs. You cannot function in your life. You cannot function in your daily uh, routine if your mental health is not okay. So how are you not seeing it as a priority? But then yeah. I learned for me, for me as Basma that Maybe what you believe in, not everybody will believe in the same way you do. So I had to approach it from a different angle. So what I did is when we have the events, I would tell people, okay, you, you need to pay. That's a very small sum of money. And that money, we took it, we divided it in two. Um, so they get to see talks and they get to uh, uh, go to workshops. And the money they paid, we paid for the Association for Disabil Children Disability. And the other half, we did an app for child abuse. So it's like community is giving community, kind of, yeah. you know. And this is how it worked. But when we were telling people just, you know, give, they would be like, mm, no. And I'd be so angry. I'd be like, oh, so it's more important to do a fashion show or it's more important to do yeah. all, and all respect to all of that. But I always feel 
mental health comes first. And that was my issue with them. Yeah, but I think... It's a challenge. And I like yeah, challenges. <laughs> I think it definitely is a challenge everywhere. I think even if I look here in London, it's only... Yes, now everyone's talking about it because social media is also pushing it. And we're seeing more, you know, suicides from you from almost famous people that's kind yeah. of encouraging that. And one thing I notice in quite a few companies nowadays is they are taking out um, a, like a week every month to send all of their employees to go for either therapy or some sort of mindfulness course yes. just to make sure they're all okay. And it's nice to see companies implementing it, but it hasn't taken priority. And it's only until certain employees step up and say, I can't work here anymore. It's giving me anxiety or it's causing me issues. Then does the company suddenly go into panic mode because of HR issues exactly. and then take it seriously? Exactly. And that's my thing. Every time people go, oh, you know, in the West, it's better or, you know, abroad. I'm like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same. First of all, we have the same issues. We're all humans. Mm -hmm. So we all have the same issues, by the way. It's just how clever are we to hide that kind of thing. Um, I, I have been so many times to the UK, um, to parts in Europe, to the US to see what are they doing different. Is it mm -hmm. brighter on the other side? Is it greener on the other side? Does it, what's, what's happening? You know, you know what I've come out with? The one thing that I see is very different is the awareness campaigns. The way it's right. done is, is continuous, it's creative. And here it was like on this side, it's more the same scrapbook, you know, kind. That's why when I say our, our campaign is different because we don't do the same. We come up, we wreck our brains every year to think, yeah. what do we do this year? How can we be different? How can we make it easy going and not just like lectures and lectures? You know, I believe that not everybody wants to see numbers and percentages. People no. want to know, do you have the same issue as I have? This is their main reason sometimes of going to these, you know, conferences. So we try to make it fun, yet knowledgeable, uh, lots of experience from different people. And, and we, why did we focus on the youth? Um, because the youth are tomorrow's future, as we always say. So if they grow up being well, yeah. we will have a good society. So let's start from scratch. And then I focus on mothers a lot as well, because I think, and people are like, oh, why do you focus on women and mothers? I'm like, because they bring up these kids. If they're not okay, how, how are these kids going to be okay? Therefore, how is the society going to be okay? So it's, 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 a, it's a big loop. Um, yeah. Because we're dealing with the mind, it's extremely exciting. I find it personally challenging, exciting. And I always encourage people, please don't do the same as everyone else. You know, just do something different. It's going to be harder. You yeah. fall so many times, but at least you could say, oh, it's different. You know, it's exciting. No, definitely. I completely agree. And in, in terms of this whole, you know, everyone needs to kind of talk about it. I was, my question, I think the first time I met you, I said it is there is this invisible jury is actually something I picked up from a book. And or I say it's our, our aunties that we tend to be scared yeah. of because they're the ones that get inside our heads. Yes. I love to talk about people. And it's always been a common thing in the Middle East that they will talk about you in a small community and it drives you in saying has this ever been a common topic for you or do people not really care as much about what other people think now or is it is it still a big thing 
What about mental health? You mean with in terms of like getting young, especially young women in Oman that have this thing of you know people constantly talking about them in Oman. So I've always said it's always the aunties that sit there and talk about us and judge mm-hmm. us, and mm-hmm. that a big problem of mental health in Oman still, where you know they're worried about what other people think of them and how they should act or shouldn't do certain things. Etc. So let me let me look at this on a wider scope. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it's there. It's not always the aunties anymore. Actually, it's your <laughs> own cousin or your friend. Yeah. But, but then again, around the world, isn't it the same? I mean, I when people ca- uh, commit suicide, why have they done that in quiet, in secret? Why did they tell their friends? Why? Yeah. It's because they're worried to be judged. So it's not only one country that is a human nature. That we don't want people to see us in a certain way. And this is something, I, I, I'm not saying, oh, it's not there, but it's everywhere. If we look at societies, communities, if we see people from Greece, Italy, um, if we see um, people from this side, you know, for the Asians, we all have it. Yeah. We all have it. We don't want to be judged. <laughs> so then who's the problem? You are the problem. Not the people around you. You. Because in the end, when you're not well and you're sick, who's going to look after you? You. You know, when it really, really breaks down, even if you're with someone, let's say you're married and you're with someone next to you, sleeping next to you, sometimes you hurt internally, you and you. The other person doesn't know. So it's then who is the issue? It's you. And a lot of people, when they come to the clinic, they say, oh, we've always wanted to come, but we always felt blah, 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 blah. And I'll be like, Mm -hmm. you know what? It wasn't time. And now Mm -hmm. it's time. And that's it. That's the only difference. But honestly, um, even in terms of when people use the word like, who's the problem then? And who's their challenge? What's their challenge? And I I, I personally say I'm the challenge. I am my own challenge. Because if I believe in what people would say and I, you know, go with it and I, I lose in touch with what I want, I won't get it. I won't do anything. So I think it has to be seen in a different kind of view now because things are very different and we can't stick with the same the yeah. same one, two, three, four kind of thing. I've seen things around around that I thought I would never see. I thought it only happens here, you know, and I'm like, yeah. hmm, this is quite interesting. So what's going on kind of thing. Oh, now, now you're making me think. Now I'm thinking, oh, wow, I'm, ha- I'm having a session. With- <laughs> <laughs> I have a session every day I seek to speak to my clients. So as much as they say thank you, I'm like, oh, you've, you've helped me. Because the more I speak to you guys, the more I learn. Oh, I can imagine. So yeah. what hopes do you have in terms of Oman's mental health through? Like, what do you want to see change that maybe hasn't yet? Yes, I would love for there to be a law because we don't have a law, a proper oh. law done for mental health. There isn't a proper guideline, like, you know, a s- straightforward one. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to, I would love that to happen. Inshallah, it will happen. I, in terms of shelters, I wish there was more women shelters uh, that are proper. Um, this is something that uh, I've always dreamt of a long time ago, one of the dreams that I had. Mm-hmm. Another thing, I hope we would have more mental health retreats because Oman itself is a retreat without anything. So yeah. imagine if we had a mental health retreat, how amazing would that yeah. be you know, in our mountains? Or, so that's got to do with tourism and mental health, which I'm trying my best to push that. And it's a new thing, actually. I think it's, um, it's called health tourism or something. It's a new turn on things. So 
these are the things that I'm looking forward to. I hope and I wish in schools that they would teach it as a curriculum. It doesn't have to have uh, any, you know, you don't have to have a score on it or exams on it. But I remember when I was in Jordan, the 90s, and I was doing my training, mm -hmm. I worked in a school for a while and they actually had one, one class that was called ment mental health. And that was a long time ago. And it was Jordan. It wasn't anywhere else, you know, yeah, it wasn't like incredible. in America or England. It was in Jordan, an Arabic country. It was a private school, but, and I thought that was amazing. Yeah. And I think we should have it in schools as a curriculum, as something, a light thing. Even if we do meditate, um, you know, like mindfulness every morning in, in school, you know, in classes. And this is something we're, we're trying to also push in schools. Like, look at this. Why don't we do this? Um, there's a lot of things that can be done. And honestly, Dina, I think the most important thing out of all of this yeah. is to have passion. If you don't have passion, you're just there to get your salary at the end of the day. You're not going to get there. And it's just going to be dry and boring. So I think passion would be something I would advise people to have in order to get to what you want. For sure. No, I totally agree with that. Well, thank you so much, Seda Bass. Thank you. For talking with me. And I'm excited. I hope, you know, the rest of your dreams come true. And Inshallah. I, I and yours to. too. And yours thank too. You. <laughs> Inshallah. Take care. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Seda Basma's work, please head to whispers-of-serenity.com. We look forward to welcoming you to our next podcast. If you'd like to learn more about what the society is up to, please head to our website, ao-soc.org.